My name is Evan Dolier. Most people call me Rev Ev, and I'm the Associate Minister for Family Life at First Christian Church in Longview, Texas. I'm glad that you're here with me today, and I want to start off by reading a passage from the Gospel according to John, chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. Let us listen now for the Word of God. Early in the morning, he, me and Jesus, returned to the temple. All the people gathered around him, and he sat down and he taught them. The legal experts and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Placing her in the center of the group, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? They said this to test him because they wanted a reason to bring an accusation against him. Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They continued to question him, so he stood up and replied, Whoever hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. Bending down again, he wrote on the ground. Those who heard him went away one by one, beginning with the elders. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left in the middle of the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Is there no one to condemn you? She said, No one, sir. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, don't sin anymore. This is a, a unique passage and story that we find in the Gospel of John. Here, Jesus is faced with these Pharisees, and they were a group of people, religious leaders, who believed that all of what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible was authoritative. Well, see, Jesus was going around, and he was teaching a new and different way of understanding God. He was taking laws that had been enforced and, and enacted and say, that's great, and that's good. Now you've learned this. Now let's move to this place. Let's build on that foundation and let's see how that applies now. Well, the Pharisees didn't like that. The Pharisees, as it says in the passage, wanted to find ways to trap Jesus. And throughout all the Gospels, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the group of people who are targeting Jesus to try to get him to stop what he's doing and to calm down and get back the way things normally were. You see, in the law of Moses in the Old Testament, there are 613 laws. And they range from how to dress, from how to worship, to give offerings, to give sacrifices, what we, how we should treat people, and how we should grow things in the field. There's a lot of, lot of laws and commands that were given to the people. And so here, the Pharisees bring a woman who is caught in adultery to Jesus. And they are there to test Jesus. And they say, what should we do? The law says we should stone her, but what do you say? Well, Jesus is kind of in a quagmire. On one hand, he could say, well, yeah, follow the law and stone her. But then the Pharisees would say, so much for that nice, loving, and compassionate Jesus. Or he could say, Nah, it's not a big deal. Nah, not a, no, don't worry about that one. 
there's 612 other ones you should worry about. But then the Pharisees would say, see, he doesn't even believe in the law of Moses, so why should we follow him? Jesus recognizes this trap. Jesus recognizes this trick and says, hmm, I wonder if there's a different way. But Jesus says, well, there's 613 laws. Surely some of us around here have broken those before. And, and if we, we are without sin, then maybe we should be the judges and the jury for this woman. And so one by one, people leave. Knowing that they cannot, in their heart, pick up a stone to condemn this woman if they themselves have been sinful. So at the very end, Jesus says, So here, who is here to condemn you? And the woman looks around, and there's no one there. And Jesus says, Absolutely right. And neither will I. Jesus, faced with these two choices, picks a different way and shows us as followers of Christ a new way of understanding our relationship with each other. You see, our world is full of places and full of people who like to label us. And it can be something as tall and short or old and young. And labels happen almost instantly from birth. And I wish I could tell you as an adult the labels go away and that maybe we have figured out in, in our maturity that we could get rid of those things. But no, it actually gets worse. I'm sorry to tell you that. We like to separate people into groups and we do that so that we can feel superior. That we can say, well, at least I'm not like that guy over there. That's what the, the Pharisees were doing with this woman. They say, see, she's committed this sin, so we need to punish her. Jesus says, let us have compassion on her. Let's not, let's not condemn her, but let us love and show mercy to her. Because even though she has done something wrong, we too have done things wrong as well. Jesus in other parts of the gospel or in other gospels are asked how to summarize those 613 laws. And Jesus says, well, the, the correct answer is to love God with all your heart and your mind, your soul, and your strength. And that's right, that's the answer. But then Jesus adds a little qualifier, a little tag on the end. But the second that you shall love your neighbor just as much as you love your very own self. Now Jesus has taken the love of God and placed it with humanity. Every person on the face of this earth is a beautiful child of God. And that means you too. Right? That means you too. And we should care and love and provide for all the children of the earth. Loving our neighbor is not an easy task to do. Now, loving our neighbor doesn't mean just loving our next door neighbor. 
nor the people in our neighborhood or even in our church or even in our schools or even in our town or people who look like us or speak like us or even think like us. No, loving our neighbor means that we look at the world as all the people in the world are our brothers and our sisters. They are part of our family. And if one of them is hurting and in pain, that grieves and hurts our hearts. There's a lot of that that's happening right now. And you might be seeing that on the news and hearing about it from your parents or grandparents or maybe even on social media. There's a lot of hurt and pain right now in our world. But we have an opportunity to be just like Jesus was for that woman in John chapter 8. To find ways to not judge someone, but to lift them up when they are in need. Because there's lots to do. There's lots of things that we can do together to ensure that God's love and mercy and grace and peace and justice are made known on this earth. Now you're probably sitting there thinking, Rev Ev, I'm, I'm a middle schooler. What, what in the world can I do? And I get it. Even as an adult, looking at the problems and the situations that are happening in our world, it can be overwhelming. I mean, can one little action in your town affect a massive problem that's happening in our state or our nation or even our world? I think so. I think it's about trying to find ways that we can connect the love that we have with God to make it reality in our communities. There are ministries and organizations that are finding ways to speak out about the problems and the injustices in our world. And you can join along with them. You can partner with them with your church or with your family. And you can learn and you can share God's love and message doesn't have to be massive scale. It could be something small. It could just be knowing that if you treat hum humans like they're human, that that is showing God's love. Not condemning them because you want to be the judge, but rather knowing that God wants us to care and love for all of humanity. Doesn't mean that we excuse people's behavior when they are hurtful and they are destructive. But we find ways to show compassion and mercy, even in the times when it's difficult. Friends, I hope that you, wherever you are, know and remember that you are loved by God, no matter what label is put on you by the world. The only one that matters and the only one that you should care about is the one that was put there at your birth, and that is, you are a beautiful child 
join me in prayer. Thank you, God, for being a God who cares and loves us. Remind us that you call us to a new and better way. Surround us with your mercy and grace. We offer this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Take care.